Welcome to the Digital Selling Secrets Podcast. In this podcast, you will learn how to use technology to increase your sales and save time. Please subscribe to Digital Selling Secrets for updates on new episodes. Hey, welcome everyone once again to another episode of the Digital Selling Secrets Podcast. And I'm your host, Gary Moneycarode, with my co-host, Gary L. Dennis. Hello. Gary with Unbiased Data. And um, we have a special guest today with us, Mr. Rich Hall. And uh, Rich is currently the president of Berkman, and he's the former CEO of Realty uh, Professionals. Today, we're going to be talking about how your personality impacts the relationship you build digital, digitally. Sorry about that. I say the word digital so often. Don't know why I screwed up. <laughs> but um, we're going to be talking about how you use personality data to build that relationship and how you're going to be able to transfer it online um, digitally. And we talk about this quite a bit, and I think uh, this is going to be very interesting for all of us to hear. So with that, uh, let me just hand it off to uh, Gary. Absolutely. Um, excited to be here. Excited to have Rich Hall here, here on the podcast with us today. Um, I actually have the privilege of knowing Rich through Toastmasters. So if those of y'all who aren't aware of his public speaking skills, he's a very skilled public speaker as well. Um, but uh, Rich, um, so Rich is with Berkman, and he also has a lot of experience around virtual reality as well. Uh, but we'd like to kick things off and kind of get a uh, feel uh, for for Berkman and Rich. So R Rich, you mind giving us an intro and telling us a little bit about what you do at Berkman? Yeah, hey Gary. Uh, Jerry, good to meet you as well. Pleasure. Um, uh, I'm the president of Berkman International. Now, Berkman is a 68-year-old privately held company uh, that performs personality and behavior assessment products uh, for companies, uh, individuals, uh, uh, partners worldwide. Uh, we've got approximately 4,000 certified professionals that are uh, using our products, selling our products worldwide uh, for trying to help, you know, people better understand, you know, themselves and understand how to interact with others. And um, uh, it's been pretty exciting. So uh, we're doing a lot of great things and happy to share it with you today. Absolutely. And so I've always been curious about this because it seems like data around personality, that, that is so valuable and something that you can if you really understand it, you can communicate better, build relationships better. And I imagine over the past few years, there's had to be some changes with big data and, and technology. Uh, what, what, what has been some of the, uh, the innovation around uh, personality assessments and data related uh, data um, over the last few years? You know, there's a, um, in, if you'll allow me, I'll go down two paths on this. Everyone has seen a lot of assessments in the last few years, right? And they're becoming more and more popular for hiring, uh, for, you know, many people have heard of uh, Berkman, they've heard of Myers-Briggs, they've heard of DISC, they've heard of Strengths Finders. Those are samples or examples that are out there. Um, it's becoming much more common to use these type tools uh, not only in the hiring process, but all the way through employee development, uh, teams, more highly effective teams, leadership, um, uh, even executive type coaching. 
where I would say the difference between some of the ones that have really been around for quite a few years and then some of the, the more recent ones is uh, what I would say is the validation of the data and the validation of the results. Okay. And where companies like Berkman specifically provide a lot of value is see your standard assessments can look at what I would call and ask the questions around your usual behavior. What do you feel like? How, what are things that people can see about you? Are you an outgoing person? Are you someone that enjoys a social type environment, right? Whereas what we do gets a little bit deeper into the needs of the individual themselves. What do you need from your environment? That part is hidden, okay? And we're not aware of any other company out there that does that. Now, why is that important? Uh, let me give you an example from like a sales perspective that I think is key. So uh, you were trying to develop a sales team and you're trying to hire people to be part of that team and they show up uh, very social and you think on the surface that, okay, this person is gonna be a great salesperson they can uh, uh, be in front of clients, they can work all day with this. Okay, well, take me for example, I have a very high social energy score as an example. Okay, that's under my usual needs. I can have conversations, work in teams, work in groups all day long, okay. But my hidden needs are much lower on the social side, okay. So what does that mean? That means that I can do the social all day, but at some point, I've got to be able to recharge, okay? Therefore, would I be a good salesperson to, let's say, go in front of clients or go into a conference, and then 30 minutes later, go out to dinner and entertain at night? Probably not, right? But if you didn't have that depth of insight into the individual, you wouldn't know that, okay? Now, Flip it also over, does that exclude you from being a great salesperson or interacting with others? No. So using these type tools, there's a great way of being able to turn it back around and say, hey, with a person like Rich, he needs recharge time. Therefore, before you go and do some of the social events you may do in the evening, take an hour or two for yourself. Maybe go back to the hotel room maybe spend a little bit of time where you're able to recharge, okay? So part of, going back to your question, a lot of the uh, popularity nowadays really highlight the things that you can see about somebody that's reasonably obvious. What some of the more select ones like Berkman is really what is that behind the scenes that maybe other ones would not be aware of. That's very, uh, go ahead, Jerry, you're gonna say something? I, I was just gonna say, uh, that's very interesting because uh, I've never, you know, like you said, I've, I've heard of so many of these other uh, forms of uh, personality testing and data and all that, but never, what do you need from the environment? But my mm -hmm. question to you, uh, Rich, would be, how would you translate that into building relationships? Well, good question. Yeah, so the first part is, and as we know, Sales is all about relationships now, right? Right. The 100%. And it's become very complex. 
because a recent statistic has shown that 78% of all buyers have already made their buy decision before they ever meet with you. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So that means they've done their homework and it's almost like it's your opportunity to lose. So it's really about how you show up and how you interact with the person and develop this strong relationship. Okay. Number one is better understanding about yourself and, and, what are those things about your personality that if you understand in the sales process that you can do a much better job of uh, um, working it to have a better relationship? So let me give you an example. Um, let's say that you are a very persuasive type person, okay? And your normal, uh, how you show up in a sales meeting may be very hardcore in a driving sales individual. All right. If you know this about yourself and then all of a sudden you meet with a client or you speak with a client and you can see maybe they're a little bit more timid, right? Or maybe they're not as comfortable with that type of a strategy. Then you can address your your sales strategy based on the audience and who you're working with. Where so many salespeople make a mistake, is they don't do the what I would call the the, the self, you know, awareness, right. and then they go full using what's comfortable for them in front of a client, and they wonder why the client doesn't like the relationship or doesn't want to work with them anymore. Because of that simple fact that they're not gelling with each other. Sure, sure. So, Rich, would you say that Berkman's more about understanding yourself or leaders understanding their employees and not as much of you understanding your client? Is, is, that, is that a right assumption or is that? Well, it's obviously a lot easier to understand your client if you've you know, got a, a Berkman assessment from the client, right? And some clients are open to that, you know, okay. to, to understand how better to work. Although that's pretty tough to get. Um, the, the better part is, so when you're working with a client, once you understand, again, like you said, once you understand yourself and how you come across, then it's a lot easier. You know, you can put it in the context of uh, emotional intelligence, right? You know, once you understand better, then you know much better how to work with your clients. Where it also comes in is key are interacting and working well on the sales teams, okay? Because rarely nowadays does someone in sales work independent of others. You know, and it's complex, right? So everything is social, everything is digital, right? So you may have a salesperson that may or may not understand technology as much, as an example, and therefore they need to interact with other members of their team, okay? Well, how best can they work together as a unified team so that when they do interact with the client, they're, um, uh, they've got the right strategy in place. They know how to work with each other. Okay. Um, other examples, though, would be when you're, uh, you know, selling can be a very stressful, you know, environment, right? You know, who likes to be told no? Who likes rejection? Right. Okay. <laughs> and one of the factors like that Berkman helps a lot with is it's not only that it measures your usual environment and even your needs, it also identifies what 
how you're likely to react when you go under stress. Okay, which is really key, right? Because if you know that things will trigger you to go under stress, therefore, maybe you want to have some plans in place over how to control that so it doesn't happen in the future. Make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's, it's interesting because you, you always hear in sales, it's all about satisfying a need, right? Yes. And the hard part is finding that need. Um, at least that's the goal. But usually they're talking about needs at a high level, like a, a business related function. But if you can truly understand the needs at a personal level, it seems like you can add so much more value than just solving a business problem. You're solving a, because people make decisions emotionally, right? Right. I was just, yes. And you're not going to be able to get there unless you have a good relationship with your, with your client. Yep. Yeah, well, it, it, exactly. And I'll give you a, you know, a little quick story of where something like this comes in. I was in the sales process before where the sales team had already drawn assumptions based on all their market research over what the, the buying decision or reason was for a client. And they, this was a very high profile client, uh, general counsel le level for a fortune 1000 corporation. Okay. And there was all the assumptions of why they purchased the product. Okay. Well, after the purchase had occurred, now it's time for execution, right? Well, you're still within that relationship period. And there were all these assumptions made. And then I walk in and have the conversation. And as I'm working with the general counsel, I can tell that something's not quite right. And just reading the body language and interacting. And I ask her, you know, would you mind helping me understand what success looks like if you buy this product and we do a fantastic job, what does success look like? And the response was shocking. We had already made all of the assumptions as to why they made their buying decision. Right. What she came back was, is that I want to use your tool to get fantastic reports so that I can look good to the CEO, just like my peers do. Okay. It wasn't about a cost savings. It wasn't about more efficiency. The typical things that you would assume in a business transaction, right? It was about, you know, having a quality presentation to the CEO. These other things were important, but it really wasn't going to define success, right? So really that, that being comfortable asking the right questions and, and really defining the relationship so they're comfortable enough back and really sharing with you what they need. That to me is just what's key in an individual who's client facing and developing a relationship like Jerry's talking about. That's, that's a very good point, Rich. What, how do, so, to, so let's take it a step further. Now we have a screen in front of us and we're not, because after all, the client is engaging 60 to 70% of the buying process is done before they engage with you. Um, so now you have to go to where they're at and, and engage with them digitally. How do you take all of this information through Berkman and understanding uh, their personality and their needs and you apply it digital digitally? Is anything change? Well, you know, I, I think there's so much that that's going on here. First, you know, how are we communicating today? You know, it's over, video. you know, video, right? right? Right. 
I mean, so number one, you know, that's right off the bat. Are they comfortable with video or are they not? You know, number two is who wants to go through a long PowerPoint anymore, right? That's just, you know, what a waste of time. Get to the point. You, know, you click on a, a, a page and if it doesn't come up in five seconds, you're moving on. Okay, so you really have to understand that. And there's so many factors that come in on you know, building these relationships and, and having this interaction, okay? And again, the salesperson has to take all of this into an account. Let's say you're selling technology, okay? Does the salesperson really have to be a professional in technology? Maybe not, because you don't want them to be an expert, right? What happens when you have a salesperson that, that is actually a subject matter expert on the technology? They tell you about technology the whole time, right? <laughs> That's right. They tell, you, they tell you how to fix your problem, right? right? They don't ask you what you should, you know, what your problem is. Right. Okay. But helping better understand not only themselves, and to us, again, that's key. Once you better understand, then you know how to work better with other people. And then are there areas that you're not as strong at that you can leverage other teammates? So, for example, let's say you're not as comfortable in face-to-face uh, -face video, okay? Maybe it is in the written word, or maybe it's an email, or maybe it's in some other kind of format, okay? Really understanding what your strengths are, and then those areas where maybe you need a little bit of help, and then leveraging other resources is key. Makes sense. Makes sense to me. Well, Rich, we only have a couple minutes left. Um, yeah. I know I had to ask. Uh, virtual realities in the you know it's that's a that's a buzzword right now, and I know you have some experience around that. Do you think? Uh, People are going to be building relationships with, with big eyepieces on. They're going to feel like they're sitting in the office with the person. What's, what's going to happen around that? You know, so <laughs> I'll tell you, I've had two experiences with two separate virtual reality companies. Okay. I've been an executive and I've also been an investor in both. So I've got a little bit of real life experience with it. The challenge today with virtual reality is that uh, it, it, to create a world that people may want to participate in can be very expensive. Okay, so that part's difficult. Um, and then getting the adoption in the scale is still where it's more and more of a problem. Okay, so the, the ability for people like you're talking about to put on a headset. The headset nowadays for a good experience requires a decent computer, um, more power than a standard cell phone. So until the technology advances further where it's easier to use, lower costs, um, I see it as a challenge where it does kick in and I just I put some tidbits out there for you for people to, to think about. It's really being used a lot more in the try before you buy experience, right? You want to go uh, buy a new car, what do you do? Some dealerships you can put on the headset, you feel like you're actually uh, uh, driving the car. A lot of training and education, okay? 
Well, if it's within your industry, you may think too, don't be surprised that in the future, things like advertising within virtual reality becomes a big thing. Okay, what if you had unbiased inside of a virtual reality experience and people looked at it? Okay, now you're starting to get you know, opportunities to uh, drive more eyeballs and more business within VR. Until then, you know, I just, I see it as a challenge because of the lack of adoption so far. Um, I do like tools like uh, augmented reality mm. because you can actually start with smart glasses. You can actually start doing video calls wherever you're at within the smart glasses. Uh, you can have access, internet access. You can pull up data, pull up menus, pull up all kind of information as it overlays within your digital world. Um, technologies, Microsoft HoloLens. Um, there's other type tools and products out there. So for me personally, I see tools like uh, augmented reality kicking in more than I do, say, on the virtual reality side. Interesting. I find that very interesting as well. I could say that I know we got to wrap up really soon. Yeah, I know we got to wrap up soon. But um, I've I've seen augmented reality being uh, used on the, for example, in in real estate being being used now more and more often. Mm -hmm. So uh, to get that uh, better experience in terms of like you know what does your customer truly want? So I could see that happening soon. Um, sooner than later, as opposed to the actual virtual reality. So thank you. For yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, Rich, we really appreciate you making time for our, our podcast today and, and providing the insights around Berkman and virtual reality. Um, Jerry, uh, you want, you want to go ahead and close us out? Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you so much, Rich. And uh, thank you, Gary. Uh, once again, guys, uh, everyone out there who's been listening and who's watching, Thank you for joining us. We had uh, Rich Hall with Bergman and my co-host, Gary L. Dennis with Unbiased Data and me, uh, Jerry Moneycarode. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one.